I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. Did you hear the lady say it's recording? Yeah. Because <laughs> it asked me, leave meeting, got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm hoping that this turns out fine, but we're recording very differently today. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gotten really lazy driving to Mom's, and so I'm instead trying this via Zoom. I mean, our guests go via Zoom, so why not try this via Zoom? Save me some gas. Yeah, I know we've just been super, super busy. Yeah. It just seems like we've got so much going on, just life happening. Agreed. Work, everything else going on. Agreed. And then I show up on screen and I realize that I'm wearing a Give Kids the World shirt when we're going to talk about Roxanne. Right? That is super awesome. So how does that that happen? Did you do that on purpose? That's what I was going to say. Absolutely not. (laughs) But isn't it crazy how that ends up being like that sometimes? Well, you bought me this shirt and I had never been to give kids the world. So why did you get me the shirt? Well, to be honest, it was just because it was a like remembrance of the time that we were there. And I've only had maybe twice that people have asked me about it when I wear the shirt, if I wear it. And I forget that I'm wearing it sometimes, but people will tell me the stories. Like one time I was at, I want to say it was at City of Hope when I was giving blood. So this is, you know, just soon afterward, the baby passed. And they said, oh my gosh, I volunteer there. Mm. And then another person came up to me and told me that he was one of the greeters. But this was, gosh, I, I must have been at either at a grocery store or just a department store. Mm. And he and he was talking to me like, so when were you there? And I'm like, I'm sorry, because <laughs> I, I forgot I was wearing that shirt. Yeah. And he said, I was one of the greeters there uh, from this year to that year. And um, so I'm just curious, were you a volunteer? Or, and I said, no, we had a child. My granddaughter did her make-a-wish there. And then it was almost like he was afraid to ask. Of course. And, Is your granddaughter okay? So, But it's nice to see people that basically volunteer there. They have their own stories, but they didn't share their story with me. Why are they Mm -hmm. volunteered? But I didn't even ask. I think I was too much too soon after the baby had passed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even the greeter. I mean, you have to have some sort of gold heart to be able to to help there. To help there, to be a part of that, to try to help the families and the children. You really do have to have, like, like I said, a heart of gold. Speaking of heart of gold, September. Hey, it is September. Well, we're recording on September 11th today. Oops. Mm -hmm. But it is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. This month for me is always so hard because you there's this level of awareness that you see in this childhood cancer pediatric oncology community, but it's just a constant reminder of the loss, constant reminder of the pain, constant reminder of the experience the anger god damn it yes and for me it's a constant reminder that it still hasn't stopped yeah roxanne 25 years ago and it still 
hasn't stopped. I wanted to talk about that, but I thought that was going to be at the end. Because, yeah, I so very much appreciate Roxanne and everything she gave us. She gave us everything. I feel like she spilled it all with us. She had. She did. She opened up a lot. She released oh, yeah. a lot of information oh, yeah. that I was kind of surprised some of the stuff that she said, but honest she was just being honest about everything that she felt so i mean and the only surprising thing is that there's some level of controversy behind abortions or right uh, suicide right so to be able to right. voice that though i think is so so important because it's all part of the journey it is so, it is a part of it yeah yeah so but to go back to that i was reflecting on having roxanne and if i can admit something that I don't think I, w- I think I was just in denial about this whole time. It's the fact that this pain doesn't go away. I feel yeah. like this experience, while the way I manage my grief might change and alter and morph into whatever it's going to be down the line 25 years later, I'm so sad that the reality is it's not going to go away. Because yes. even, even Roxanne sharing her story, her pain she was still in so much pain while she's yes. sharing her story. Like it happened yesterday. Right. Yes. So, and I, th- and I think that's for me, uh, it's just, it's disappointing. Not that she's disappointing, but the whole concept of grief. I feel like I was, I wanted her so badly and I'm desperate and unrealistic to think that she was like, Oh, things are going to be perfect. Right. But <laughs> I know reality is that's not, I know that's not the case, but I still wanted that to be the case. And then I'm just like heartbroken because I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to do this fucking podcast for 25 years plus. Right. And still be <laughs> this shit, still talking about this shit. So, I mean, it's I know. not, it's not I think... that I don't want to have a platform to share the stories or to get this out and to help people, but it's just coming to the reality of this is going to, this is a forever thing. Is it a is a forever thing. thing. There is no... Yes. And I know that I've said this before, when my father passed away, there was a, I guess, like a timeline and, and it helped to know that the more time went by, the better it got. But that was my dad. That's, you know, the circle of life. That's how the way it's supposed to work. And with the baby, it doesn't work like that. With our children, it doesn't work like that. And when I started hearing the people that were coming into our grief groups, when we had grief groups, it was hard to hear, but it helped me to hear also because I was expecting why, you know, gosh, it's not getting any better. It didn't happen the way it happened with my dad. I still feel this horrendous pain that we call grief. It's not getting better. And to hear the people saying, we're in it two years or three years or five years. And no, it doesn't get better. Help me to realize that this is my new normalcy because I was thinking that was something wrong with me. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it's a hard thing for me to admit to you too, is when your mom and dad died, very different, like child, the childhood cancer loss, I know will be forever. Yeah. When when your parents passed, I didn't think about forever. And I could tell you that every day I'm not impacted by it. Right. But I feel like every fucking day I'm impacted by the loss of my niece. Yes. So if I can it's... apologize to you for that, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, no. <laughs> no, because <laughs> then I would have to apologize to somebody too. And I don't know who to apologize to because I do feel like it's a different 
type of grief. And I know that some folks are, you know, their grandparent was the most important person in the world to them. Their sure. parents were the, the, they had, you know, so they feel it more. I get it. You get impacted like because your parent dies when they're, when you're very young, that's a different kind of grief too, because you need your parents, you know, but my parents, my experience with it, my parents were older. I was already an adult. I had my own children. I was already set in life. I didn't depend on my parents for anything. And I'm not trying to say that when you're depending on your parents, there's more grief that goes along with it, but there's a lot more when you're younger, there's a lot more that's impacted. It's, you know, it's how you're going to live now if it's the sole provider in your home it's yeah. it's different things that are happening when it comes to a child that has nothing to do with how you're surviving day to day like it has nothing to do with how you know the bills are getting paid when your child dies it's a different it's different it's just totally different yeah. it's just yeah. it's it's all just the emotional you know why does this have to happen to an innocent child that didn't do anything to deserve this kind of pain. Yeah. I mean, all they deserve is, you know, laughter and happiness and innocence. You know what I mean? Yes, because they are so innocent. And, you know, and I know that really that's trying to say that it's cancer, some kind of punishment. But when I first started this dream here, that's what it felt like. Why am I being punished? Why is she being punished? She didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. All logic kind of goes out the door when you're trying to make sense of this. It's like, yeah. yeah. So if we can, I really want to just take a deep dive and reflect on having Roxanne. What a gem. What a gem. (laughs) Roxanne was very good. She, and we're not comparing guests. Let's just like a blanket statement. We're not going to compare guests. Each of our guests are so unique in their journey and their story, but no buts. And (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne was like, she made us laugh. She was like, she made us cry. She gave us all of it through this whole thing. And yes, she was just like a special woman. Oh yeah. It was her honesty that got me like, she was, that was the the time. Yeah. She, she, she explained how things were when I was young, when she was young, things were different back then. 25 mm-hmm. years ago, things were different. Yes. 30 years ago, yeah. Let's things talk were about different. that. So she said that he was diagnosed in 1994, mm-hmm. passed in 1996, and mm-hmm. there was no Google. Right. There was no Google at the time. Mm-hmm. She also said that when she was connecting or trying to get a hold of her husband, it was via pager. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Do you remember pagers? I remember pagers. Your brother probably remembers it more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Fucking pagers. Yeah. When you needed somebody right away, you texted 911. Yep. (laughs) You you page 911 and then the phone number call. I I mean. Home phone number. Yeah. Pagers sort of created texting because we turned numbers into messages. So that instead of 911, it was like. One, four, three. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Man, I had a talent with pagers, but that's that's funny. Besides the point. Yeah. But but that's how they, that's how the communication was back then. It's kind of hard to to believe how people actually communicated with each other 
at that point. You had to have a phone. Yeah. They had no cell phones, of course. They pay phones, land phones, and we used pay phones. Yeah. Even so, I was working at the police department since 1990, and I still remember what we used to do because, again, no cell phones. We would tell the officers over the air to to give us a call. They'd go to a pay phone, and they'd (gasps) give us they'd give us the last three digits. Yeah, they'd give us the last three digits on the phone because every pay phone in the city where I worked started with 909 and then the pre- the three numbers and then a number. So the first four numbers were all the same on all the pay phones in our city. Oh. So they would give us like the last, and I want to say three numbers. It might've been the last four numbers, but, and so we would just call the number and then they, they that's how they would answer. And they <laughs> oh would, we would give God. us some information over the phone. Yeah. Oh so it's God. crazy. That's, that's, I want to say like arcade, arcade. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is so old school. This is Uh like prehistoric times. (laughs) Yep. You're dating yourself, mom. I know, but that's how it was, though. (laughs) That's how it was. And how in the world, how they survived that, how she got that information to her husband. And what he did is he drove home and they got the information and then had to go drive to the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's hours, hours. uh Uh-huh. But then on top of that, there were no like blogs uh, mm-hmm. online to share social media, to share what's right. going on. She said she, what, typed out letters, photocopied typed them, out letters. And mailed them. Yep. So not only communication and sharing with the family what's going on, she has to make phone call after phone call. I wonder mm-hmm. if, she, I don't know if she mentioned this, whether she did like, hey, mom, I'm going to just call you. Mom, you call these people and provide the updates. Because if you're the only person calling... That's miserable. It's it is miserable. Having it is miserable. That story, yeah, right. So I don't know it if is miserable. On that. Yeah, but so you can't share what's going on with your child via social media, up real time, up to date with what's going on. But then on top of that, how do you find research about what Ryan was diagnosed with? Right, right. So you'd have to go mm-hmm. what, to a library. You'd yeah. have to check, you know, talk to your doctors and just trust that the that's that there's no Mm -hmm. like reassurance in community research right right so crazy it was just basically go to the library if you want to look it up and now that you have your child in the middle of this how do you do that how do you make time you sometimes you don't even have time to take a shower well she was breastfeeding she had newborns that's right that's right what what time do you speak of to do any of that right right god i can't imagine like i can't imagine what that would have been like no insane so that trip that tripped me out just like a a real perspective on how far we've come technologically yeah to be able to support like comment share (laughs) fundraise right technology era right but she told such a beautiful story about how as a single mom how she made it how she got through oh i loved that yeah i loved that Yes, I, and her song with, you know, oh, Huey Lewis and the News, that was, that was perfect. O-M-G. Mm-hmm. I 100% love, love, love that. But they had, like, their theme song. The struggles she must have had to go through as a single mom, a young parent, thinking about abortion. Yeah. I think they scheduled her on Valentine's Day as an emotional manipulation to not do it. So I 
I don't know about that. I think it's the same thing. Like, how does that happen? Like what we just said today about you wearing that shirt today, things happen the way they, they were supposed to happen. It meant enough for her to like, there's a reason why there's something else going on here. I completely agree, but good gracious. I know. Talk about like, Oh, you want me to do this on Valentine's day. That's a great idea. Yeah. Wow. Just overall, just wow. With that story. Yeah. What was so, so inspiring though, is that she like was resilient. She took it it by the horn. She's like, okay, we're going to do this. She was lived with her parents, right? Whatever you need to do. Should I live with my parents forever? Hi. (laughs) But, and then she was like, I'm going to fucking go to college and compete with these dudes that are in high paying jobs because they have a degree. So she went back Mm -hmm. to school. She did it. She did it. She did what she had to do. Dad's out of the picture. I want to say, fuck that guy. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what else? I, mean, I know what an asshole i know it's a shit <laughs> but anyway maybe it was for the best right so i don't know right. if i can completely say he's a terrible person but i mean like what that's so sad and you know what i'm curious about too is whether or not and she didn't mention this and i wasn't gonna ask but whether or not he came back into the picture after ryan got sick i mean there's something to say about all of that maybe maybe he would have liked to have known and would have wanted to say his goodbyes or whatever, but he never even said hello. Thank you. So I don't know. It's, yeah. They did what they had to do. They, you know, it happened the way it was supposed to happen. I just know that the relationship that she had with her son was like extraordinary because oh, she, totally. she did everything. And like I said, that song was so perfect for, I love that for them. Yeah. I love that. That was so cool. Why don't we have a theme song, mom? We need to get one. <laughs> It's a little late. <laughs> I, mean, I like that song though. I know. Yeah. It was it's super cute. As they're ending their give kids the world and then they fucking run into Huey Lewis in the airport. That was that's what I mean. The fact of the matter is that she had her song with her son and then they come across him at the airport. Is that there's another, no like, way. coincidence? No. Yeah, so there's no it's way. Like, yeah. So as much it. as I want to say, like, okay, so coincidences don't just happen. So do you kind of believe in God when that stuff happens? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some kind of divine intervention. Absolutely. But is it a God? So what is divine then? Then, divine then can, you have to doesn't have to be a person. Doesn't have to be one. God's person. not a person. God's not a person. Supposedly. No. 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 Mm-mm. Who's this Jesus character everybody keeps talking about? That's a part of it, but that's not God. <laughs> what God is, God is God. <laughs> What's God what is, is it? the divine. When we say divine intervention, that's God. Uh, so we only attribute the good things to a God and not the bad things? Got it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I think that's what's hard, though, is because if you do believe that there is such a thing as divine intervention, fuck getting Huey Lewis there. Fucking cure my kid. Mm. that's the divine intervention that i wanted there's her anger <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you but you know I'm what totally i'm trying to say i i get it, I, get it. I, <laughs> I mean in this in this life that we had if we had no choice if that's what he had and this was a little bit of something that to give him and her this memory to have absolutely then that's 
awesome. That really is awesome. But and you can't take that away from her. That experience no. away from her. That uh-uh. thing is valid. It was that so valid. So important. I'm sure oh, yeah. Huey Lewis didn't even know how important nope. that was to her nope. that day. Nope. Probably yeah. not. But as a wish kid, I don't know if he, he even knew that was a wish kid, but like, I'm so glad that that happened. Like you would yeah. do anything. Like when I, if I were to see a wish kid, and this is partly why I'm fearful of returning to give kids the world is mm-hmm. my, my heart will break just yeah. anybody in pain, seeing anybody in this category of a life-threatening illness because we've right. been there. Right. And I'm now seeing yes. it that these kids could potentially not be here Okay, so that was an amazing story that she went back and started being part of the volunteers. And her first little girl, I know, her first little girl had Wilms tumor. I know, just like that's our story. I know. I I was almost sitting here going, "What year? What year did she say she went? (laughs) Like, was that us? And we just didn't even know. Didn't know. I know. I I was there too, but." There's still the fact that we can connect through Wilms, that right. we connected, period. So yes. basically, I think I saw Roxanne's story on Facebook, and I was just like, hey, it was through the Give Kids the World page. I was just like, right. hey, if you're interested in sharing your story, please come contact us. You know, we'd love to have you on. And immediately she reached out. She was like, yes, absolutely. Like, it was such an easy connection. And like... I feel so rewarded and so fulfilled anytime I meet a new family. Like all these yeah. people are fucking amazing. Yes, they while, are. While I'm sad that we're connecting under these circumstances, I feel mm-hmm. like my life is better to have met them and to, yeah. to know their story. Yes. Like I feel like I'm making friends as an introvert and this is really weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm amazed to hear the stories of people that have had so there's there's so long a time into their grief and to hear that it's still the normal thing that we're going through yeah it's still it's so we're not crazy still being angry we're not crazy still grieving we're not crazy (laughs) still having the you know the days that just are just sad they're just you know i sometimes i can't function yeah and it's okay it's okay that that happens yeah, because it, I mean, it, that's life, but at least we know that that's life. At least we yeah. know that at 25 years, you're still going to have those moments. And maybe yeah. we can find a good outlet to help other people yeah. like she's doing, giving back to give kids the world, you volunteering. know, volunteering mm-hmm. and shows right now she's doing that run, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she gives platelets and blood and I stopped mm-hmm. doing that for a minute, but I'm, I want to go back and continue yeah. to do that. So yeah, she's just yeah, it's amazing. so invested in the give kids the world and the community too, that I, feel I love like that. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is, uh, we can connect with give kids the world. We can connect with that experience and she's yeah. providing, she's providing the amazing experience that people have, wish families have when they go to that place. Yeah. That's incredible that she can turn around after her horrendous experience and be able to provide happy still to those yes. kids and to those families. That's incredible. Yes. Incredible. It is. It is amazing that she has that fortitude, I guess, that strength inside of her. Oh, does. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's rough. It's rough being there, period. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, when you were there, 
and you saw other like kids and other families, was it painful for you? Not when we were there because we were so busy with the baby. It wasn't really like I thought about what everybody else was going through. They kept us busy. There was, we had two kids and, you know, we had her brother there and it was his birthday that week. And then on top of everything else, my mom passed away that week. So there wasn't, there wasn't even time to think about anybody else. There was Mm. just, or anything else. It was basically, let's, you know, focus on on her. Yeah. Unhappy. Let me word it like this. It wasn't like it was hard doing that. There was so many things to do. There was so much happiness there that they provided for them. It was like, I can't say it was better than Disneyland, but it was like in comparison, it was almost like sometimes they wanted to just be back at the village Mm. because there's so much to do there. And there's so many, they kept them occupied. They had like, you know, she was talking about the princess stuff. If you wanted to have a princess day, but there was a lot of other things to do there. They had I remember her riding a pony. I remember they have Aww. they have Candyland out there. So they have a version of Candyland that's like it's, you know, humongous. So you're yeah. basically, yeah, it's it's crazy. Everything that they have, they had a pool out there that she told I think she shared that the pool actually yeah. took her her yeah, villa, villa away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, villa, yeah, <laughs> but, villa. Yeah, her villa. And they've expanded it. From my understanding is that they have even expanded it even more since we were there. So it's it's crazy because the fact that they've expanded it means that there's more kids. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I remember that they had kids from all over the world there. Yeah. So it was kind of amazing. And it's amazing that we had, it was just me and your sister and the baby and her brother. But there were people like, there were families of, you know, five, six, seven, eight people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they accommodated everybody as That's much amazing. as they could. They accommodated every every piece of the family that lived with them, you know? Yeah. So it's amazing what they do. Yeah. And the story about how Give Kids the World started is is an amazing story too. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, and, I didn't know that. Then she mm-hmm. shared that it was like an Auschwitz survivor and the backstory with that. So many I know. good people in the world. There is a lot of good people in the world. There really is. And I've heard a lot of people that when they end up having money, it's like they can't do enough, you know, like giving back, I guess. And especially when you hear a story like that, where you have a child that, you know, basically has this horrendous disease that's taking their life. And what about just giving them like, you know, a week of not even thinking about it? Because that's how I felt when we were there. We didn't even think about her being sick. She was so happy. Awesome. Yeah, she was so happy and all she wanted to see is what else is there to do there in the Give Kids World Village. Mm-hmm. But every day we had a plan of, okay, let's we're going to go to Disneyland has Epcot Center and then they have the Universal, Animal Kingdom and then they yeah. have the, yeah, their movie theater part, like a back lot. Yeah. Oh. And then there's like SeaWorld out there too. Oh. They had the SeaWorld, they had Universal Studios, they had Legoland. And we were only there because we, we flew in one day, right? Mm-hmm. spent the night that day and then we only have six days left and the last day you're not really doing anything because you're getting ready to leave so mm-hmm. basically you have five or six days to visit all these amusement parks mm-hmm. and so every day we had a place that we were going to go to That's so, so cool. there wasn't like a well we're just going to stay here today but it was more mm-hmm. like we're going to go someplace and then they're like yeah we're ready to go back you know yeah, yeah. But because they like the give kids the world village so much yeah they do an yeah. awesome job 
Yeah, I was going to say, um, if you can, please, please, please go support Roxanne's team that goes to fundraising for Give Kids the World, because clearly we had such a great experience with that. The baby had such a great experience. There. Yes, yes, and they do an it awesome really job. impacts the kids in such a positive and happy way. And yeah. to hear that it took your guys' mind, especially hers. You know, it did. Being sick it did. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Like yes. magic. Hey, can I say something real quick? No. Yes. Did you notice that every one of the people that we've been interviewing or talking to, basically sharing our stories with all the people that we've had are following each other? Oh, good. Yeah. I see oh, like, <laughs> I see Roxanne. Like on social media? Yes. Oh. I see <laughs> Kelly is following Roxanne and uh, her Give Kids the World thing. And she's following Anna's pals. Oh, love it. <laughs> so when I see somebody like something, community. I see all these people that, hey, I know these people. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, I mean, that's so, the point. We want, right? we want these people to come together. We have such a unique journey. And I feel so honored to be able to make those right? connections. And I'm I'm just sharing my story and they're just sharing their story. Right. And the reward is so much greater than I could have ever imagined this to be. So I'm happy so, to hear that. And I hope yeah, to continue so, to grow this so community. Kelly's nonprofit is called Charlie's Rainbow. Charlie's Rainbow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then oh, we yeah. have we can talk about that real fast. So Roxanne was like, she said, I don't know how some of these families just, you know, experience this loss and then turn around and have a nonprofit. Right. Well, that's Kelly. Kelly. That's Kelly has taken so we met Callie a few months ago she's created her foundation under Charlie's name it's called yes. Charlie's Rainbow if i remember correctly it's a research is it aml research yeah it's to help oh shit let me let me look at it real fast before i fuck this up um <laughs> Charlie's Rainbow 100% of the donations to Charlie's Rainbow go straight to Hades Acute Myeloid Leukemia Research at UniSA. I think UniSA is University of South Australia. Okay. And I was reading recently that they had reviewed a couple of proposals from researchers and they got to select who they give their money to or donate that money towards and give it towards. And it was about a guy researching relapse or a team That's, researching relapse yes. of um, AML. So yes. kudos to Kelly. Go strong, beautiful woman. Get out there. Yes. Love seeing what you're doing in Charlie's name. Yes. Um, if you can go support that too, please go do so. And let's find a fucking cure for these kids, man. Right. And then we have yeah. Anna's pals, right? Continue That's to hers. Anna's Anna's pals. pals. And I then Roxanne. That, I said the links for give kids the world, her, her team page, but Great. also go support Give Kids the World, period. Yes. But, you know, when us people have to ask for money, it sucks. It's, we're really uncomfortable doing it. Well, some people, me especially. So yeah. go give to her page so she doesn't have to ask people. You just do it. Please, please, please go support yes. those folks. Yes, 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 yes. So back to Roxanne. So she said some really funny shit, like talking about Mother of the Year material. Oh, my gosh. She's so <laughs> funny. She's so funny because she actually is giving us basically her story 
that we normally don't share. Fuck that, no. Because it makes us look so bad. <laughs> I know. But, she's, but it, the truth of the matter is that's come across everybody's mind. Oh, yeah. It's not and like we haven't made mistakes. Everybody it. makes she mistakes. She embraced it. Yes, she did. She was <laughs> able to share. She was, she was so honest about everything that she was doing. It made me laugh because yeah. it's not like you don't like for a split second think about that yourself like absolutely what (laughs) but she came out of her mouth I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) it was just such like a breath of fresh air it was was, so honest yes she was very very honest very very honest but I love that and then she was like in our fight too when people say stupid shit and she's like what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) I know I was dying. I wanted more. I wanted it more. It was so funny. I was like, I need to create a shirt funny. for her that just says that on it. Get that to her. Oh my one God. that says, one, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. She did say something. She said a couple things, though, that really, although, like, like she had so many sides to her. The funny, the serious, the honest, yes. all of it. Yes. I loved it. Mm-hmm. She's one solid package. She talked about the doctor telling her, because I didn't realize, because our kid was so young, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, well, I guess uh, maybe you know more than me. Just talk to the baby about dying. So I don't know that she actually like sat down and said, we're going to talk about this. What I saw was happening is that her and the baby spent a whole mess of time together. So if she was watching something on TV and she was trying to, this is my interpretation though, because I know it would be nice for just to just be here and just tell her story. But what I would see that she was doing was trying to expand her own awareness of how things are working out and, trying to be also more spiritual because she was trying to guide us also into a more spiritual, yeah. you know, find our spirituality also. So She's she was a spiritual leader. Yes. Yeah, so she was, <laughs> you know, trying to meditate. Mm-hmm. She was listening to things to meditate with, but also listening to programs that talked about reincarnation that talked uh, about maybe near death experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm sure what was happening is that this baby is listening to the same things that she's listening to, whether she's falling asleep in her mother's arms or when Jess is listening to this stuff, either hearing it, you know, on the, on the iPod or listening to it on TV So it made the baby aware of some stuff. So there was some questions that were coming across because she was listening to some of these things, trying to expand her own awareness Mm -hmm, of what mm -hmm. life on the other side might be. Yeah. She did read her, um, or we got her the Invisible String book. Mm -hmm. I think she read that to her too. But the point I'm making is I didn't realize that that conversation may or may not happen yeah to what level of understanding right so our baby who knows charlie what kind of conversation do you have there i don't remember if kelly talked about that but then chris she's like no we didn't talk about that Mm -hmm. and then with roxanne and ryan the doctor she said the doctors say that if you talk to the kids about dying they die the next day that's crazy I was like, what? Yeah, I think the way I understood it is if like if you tell them that's what's happening, then they just give up. 
Uh, that's how I took it. I'm not trying to say that that's what she was trying to say, but that's no, how no, I no. understood but, I mean, it. Either way, the yeah. fact that they just let go, like, oh, yeah. if this is what's happening. They just let go. I haven't Googled it, so I don't know. But I, all I can tell you is your sister did a really good job because I was I would listen to her t- explaining things to the baby, but not because you know what, today we're going to have a conversation about this. It was yeah. basically answering her questions. Yeah. So if she had a question, your sister did a really good job of answering it. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for a fact that there was a couple of times that I was coming up to bring something to them and I had to walk away because I was going to start bawling. Oh, just no. because it was like, yeah. why are we having this conversation? I got to get out of here, you yeah. know? Yeah, gut check. Yeah, yeah. But, but she yeah. was, the baby was the one that was asking questions. She wasn't yeah. like, Let's get you prepared or yeah, anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for I know that there was something that she had told her when it's time, you're just going to take a deep breath and you're just going to let go or something. That sounds familiar. I can't remember exactly what it was. That was one of the mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hardest conversations that I had to like, ooh, I got to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> because how do you talk about the last breath to a child? Who's- or you don't. Or you or don't. You don't. But if they don't ask, that's why you don't. You don't sit yeah. there and we're going to sit and talk about it. But if they ask you a question, you got to be what prepared. What do you do? Yeah. Right. You have to be prepared. And if you can't answer it, then I guess you just don't. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> yeah, you switch the I subject. don't know. <laughs> it's hard. I just know that your sister did a really, really good job. But she herself, you know, was looking into things herself. So. Yeah. She was answering it for her the way she was understanding it. She even asked about coming back to our family. When yeah. she, if she goes, can she come back to our family? So Yes. Times a million, a billion, gajillions. Right? Polillion. It's not even a word. <laughs> yeah. What I love is when people can think on their feet. I'm not a good, like, witty person. No. And when Roxanne and her husband got, you know, that final prognosis about Ryan and Ryan was like, so what the doctors say? And her husband was just like, nothing you need to worry about. We're good. You know, like I would be just staring at Ryan, like with the blank, like the pressure. I wouldn't know what to say. You know, I would trip over my words and yeah. look stupid. So oh, that, that whole, that whole thing is just insane to tell your kid or not. What does that it's, look it's, like? It's hard. It's hard for anything, anybody trying to make that decision on whether to let them know or not. I know as an adult, you better tell me. (laughs) I had that conversation with my husband. I told Steve, I don't want to hear that the doctor says, you know, I need to take you out of the room and to talk to you, you know, and you not come back and tell me what the hell he just said. Um, We're not going to play that. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to play that. Yeah. You tell me what's happening. Right. But as a child, how do you, how do you do that? I don't know. Because again, are you taking that chance that then now your child is just going to give up and you're not going to have any more time with them? You know, is it better that is they it don't selfish? know? Don't know. Is it selfish to not because they could spare themselves a ton of pain if it was quicker versus, right. you know, prolonging the suffering that we watched in many yeah. of our kids. Right. So mm-hmm. there's, I don't think there's an, a good, good or right answer there. I don't, it all, I think it all just depends on what you feel is yeah. most comfortable, what right. you think is best with the information that you have. Yeah. That's a tough one. It is. It's very tough. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was a, is this, is it religious to say blessing? Well, so, so I don't know. 
<laughs> because I think I, I don't know because it's still I don't know if blessing really is something religious. I know sometimes I have a hard time just thinking that we are blessed uh-huh. because of everything that happened. So yeah. and blessings, how do you not see certain things as a blessing? Yeah, you have maybe more gratitude for things, the op- yeah. gratitude for opportunities. So let's go with that if blessing is religious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, Roxanne had shared that Ryan had passed at home and the logistics that came with that, that's like torture. Yeah. She had to to deal with a business and of a person, your loved one, your child dying at home. Yeah. The body bag, the funeral person. The this, the hospice, the that, everything. Oh, maybe it was a blessing that she passed in the hospital because we didn't have that. We, we, they gave us a room. They gave us a room to say our goodbyes and we could leave her at the hospital to be taken care of. We could leave her body, I should say, there and not have you know, to deal with the business side of it, of moving the body, taking it out of the room. Like we didn't have to be there for that. I had a hard time with the fact that she was left alone there at one point after she passed. I mean, we we were able to say the goodbyes, but leaving the hospital and then knowing that you mm-hmm, and your mm-hmm. sister leaving the hospital, it felt wrong. Like somebody should be guarding her. Somebody should stay with her. Mm. She's alone. She's a baby and she's alone. Mm. So that I had hurts. a hard time. I didn't think about that. Well, when police officers, like if they get killed, they escort them to, you know, the funeral home. And then there's always somebody there. So I thought there should be somebody there. Why wouldn't we do that for her? But I couldn't make that decision. I just know I'm telling my husband I want to go back to the hospital. I don't want to be by herself. But (laughs) your sister told us about the dream that she had. And I'm like, she wasn't even there. She was here. She followed her mom home. Yeah. It was just her shell. It was just her body that was still at the hospital. And something that Roxanne had shared too, like going back in the room after Ryan had passed and said, that's not my son. Because it's not. Because it's not. Right. This is not. It's just a shell. You can't help but think, I still have that connection, emotional connection to them. Absolutely. Yeah, you still have Everything happened with them inside that body, right? So their spirit, their life their breath, their everything. Their soul, basically, their right? Soul. That's what you're saying, their soul. Yeah. Their soul is gone. It's just their shell of a body that's still there, I guess. And that deteriorates, right? As soon as right. your diet starts deteriorating anyway, and it just, at a certain point, it doesn't even look like them anymore. Yeah. It's but just man, hard. It's hard. The yeah. whole thing is hard. Whether you do it one way or you do it another way, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But there is that belief that at least if you pass away in the hospital, the clinical side of it, the family doesn't have to deal with yeah. that part of it. Yeah. Well, just not in the in their home. They don't have it. right. They don't have to deal with that part of it. If the they can make a phone call, they can. Yeah. 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 But what's amazing too is that Roxanne herself survived cancer. Yeah. That's I crazy, had huh? cancer. Yeah. She didn't go too far into it, but that was still like I had questions. I was like, how did the experience of Ryan affect your own cancer journey, you know, emotionally, did you think like, Oh, I wouldn't make it out of this too. Or were you like, I get to see Ryan soon because now I have cancer and I might not make it. 
So, but she has, right? she had weight, but she had two other small children. I know. And I but, think that makes a, I know. And she I said know that because, because she talked, she was so honest and she expressed very similar sentiments that we did about suicide. We had these very similar thoughts about, we don't really want to be here. We want to be where they are, but I have people here that care for me, love me, need me too. Right. right. So it's that mental confrontation you have with yourself about losing somebody, wanting to be with them, but also knowing what life here on earth is, what you still have right. living. So, well, your sister said at one time in one of the podcasts, she said, you wanted to just continue to take care of her wherever she's at. Because mm-hmm. she was so little. Yeah. And and it's true. That's what it was. I just, I didn't protect want her, her to be by herself. I still wanted yeah. to protect her somehow. Yeah. Maybe but that's it's like, it. Maybe we're disguising protection under suicide. <laughs> maybe maybe it's no. not that. I don't know. I'm not a mental health professional, but I, I almost don't know if we're one and the same. But those thoughts that Roxanne had shared, I resonated with. I was like, we we thought the same thing. We thought yeah. those same exact things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, but- it's a rough situation. When it's a, a child, it's rough. And I don't want to make it seem like it's any better if they're, you know, adults when this stuff happens. It's just no. when they're children, it's so much, it's so hard. Yeah. But that yeah, just but- reinforces counseling. Yeah. Go see a therapist if you're having these thoughts. Go seek counseling if you're not. We don't want you to have these thoughts. But that was something that Roxanne had in hindsight, 2020 had encouraged folks to do too. She says, even after 25 years, I wish I would have done counseling. Well, it's not too late. It's not too late. Right. It's not, it's not. And so, and don't think of counseling as something negative. If you don't want to go, don't go. It's, it's okay. It's whatever you feel comfortable with doing. Just know that some of what you're going through is normal. It really is normal. When you lose a child, that's, normal to feel that depressed but if you can't I just don't know any other way to get like better I guess or to find some help than to find a specialist that can that can help you that's why we push it so much we're not trying to say that you're that you need you need to go yeah Yeah. that you need to go but if we encourage it we encourage it yeah because it's it helped us it helped us for sure not get over the grief because you never get over that grief. You see right. Roxanne 25 years later, it's still there. It's going to be there, but expect that. Expect yeah. that there's going to be moments. Expect that there's going to be, like I said, days or months that are harder for you because mm-hmm. of what it means. And just know that it's, it's normal when you see it as, you know, other people are going through the same thing and they're six years or like rocks on 25 years and it's still happening just because it's normal yeah so don't think that there's something wrong with you a lot of people will think or tell you well you know it's time to get over it which is another stupid thing that people say to people that are grieving a child but it's Who not really you that? never get over it you never get over it no i've heard that i've actually yeah. heard that people say it's time it's time oh, what is time who gets right? to define how i grieve nobody right? only me yeah and that's that either you accept it or you don't right you accept me for who i am or you don't yeah and that's okay i'm gonna be okay the people that say that are people that haven't lost a child (laughs) right Uh, sure (laughs) yeah 
And you know what? I tell you, I've been following a ton of grief pages on social media and stuff, and there's some really insightful things out there. And I don't do it to make myself more depressed. I do it because it helps normalize my grief, which Mm -hmm. I think is a societal challenge right now is Mm -hmm. society doesn't prepare you for grief, though people die. So grief is and dying is a part of life. So I think it's helpful for me to see these things, to see that my grief be normalized. And that's sort of, I think what we're doing by sharing our story is this is, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, but because of that, you might not know what the fuck you're doing either, but it's normal to not know what the fuck you're doing. (laughs) So we're normalizing that this who we, we are not skilled in this. We are not talented in this. We just do it and we try to make it to tomorrow and do yes. best to make it to tomorrow and get through today. Oh, well, man. But what's with Wednesdays, Roxanne? What's with Wednesdays? I think you were meant to listen to us on Wednesdays. Connect <laughs> to us on Wednesdays. But yeah, Wednesdays is... Uh, I think I've shared this before. Baby passed on a Wednesday. And so I release Wednesdays in her honor. So, well, mom, this has been fun via Zoom. Yeah. It works. Sad it works. I don't yeah. see you in person, but I know. I get to see you over video. I don't get to feed you, though. That's all right. I can kind of lose weight. <laughs> I've, I've gained that COVID 19 pounds. No, I'm losing it. Yay! So Taking I'm glad care about yourself. that. Self Trying to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, <laughs> because really, it, it you do get to a point where you're just like, eh. And that could be part of grief, eating. Part of, like, part of, part of grief, grief, I think, is not taking care of yourself. Yeah. And that's that's a problem if you're not taking care of yourself. So, And it's not going to be anything that somebody else can tell you, hey, it's about time you start taking care of yourself. You just have to get to the point where you go, you know what? I, I really do, do need different. to do something yeah. about this because yes, I have You're other seeing the negative and... implications. Uh-huh. Yes, heck yeah. I'm continuing down that road, I get it. Yeah, yeah. All right, mom. So, Thank you for your time. This is awesome. Hello, Roxanne. Go support her team. Go support Anna's pals. Charlie's Rainbow over in Australia. Please, please, please go support. Yes. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, Mom. Love you. Bye. Love you. Pretty cool kid. Love you.